My name is Dominique Drew, and this is The Art of Attraction, the premier podcast to elevate your relationships, your life, and yourself. I'm your host, Dominique Drew, an intuitive, a spiritual guide, and a seasoned expert in men's relationship coaching. I've used the methods in this podcast to completely transform my own life and relationships, and now, high performers in every industry hire me to help them do the same. Here, you will learn how to solve the issues in your inner world which keep you from real fulfillment, deep intimacy, freedom, and authenticity. Welcome to the next stage of your evolution. Hello, everyone out there, and welcome to The Art of Attraction with Domini Drew. I am your host, Domini Drew herself, and I'm coming to you live on Facebook as well as on Demon Seed Radio for our weekly segment. Hope everyone's doing fantastically out there. Today, we've got a great show uh, lined up for you today. We're going to talk about something called images and how they keep you single. This is probably the number one thing that keeps people single. So it's a huge, uh, huge amount of information that we're going to be putting out here. So definitely stay tuned in. Uh, For now, I'd like to introduce my uh, trusty co-host, Caitlin Wright. Thank you so much for joining me today, Caitlin. Hi, thank you for having me again. (laughs) So uh, I just want to make sure that everyone can hear Caitlin out there because... uh, as we hear sometimes, my 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 tech expertise is not uh, always the, the finest. <laughs> so sometimes there are uh, slight gaps where we can't hear people we want to hear. But I think I've sorted everything out, and hopefully, uh, we should be able to to hear your your pearls of wisdom as well as mine, Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just checking. Everyone can hear me. Mm-hmm. Make sure it's okay, good. Great. Make sure it's good. Pearls, <laughs> pearls of wisdom. Uh, so my name is Domini Drew. Uh, I run a business called Domini Drew Coaching. We specialize in helping single men attract life partners through personal and relationship coaching. And, um, you know, primarily how we do that is we have an eight-week course. And Caitlin works with me uh, in the business. It's just the two of us. And we have an eight-week course that really basically teaches you, you know, it's it's inner work, right? This is about um, finding out what are the subtle ways in which you self-sabotage, in which you really hold yourself back from what you, what it is that you want, right? And, uh, you know, I've done this work myself for about 15 years. It has been absolutely, um, I, I can't, transformative seems, it just pales in, you know, from, from the amount that I've changed and since I've done this work. <clears throat> Um, and Caitlin is actually, she's only joined me, uh, recently within, uh, within a month or two, but she's, she's really taken a deep dive in, uh, to, to the personal work. Sorry about that. That kind of happens around me (laughs) and, uh, and actually really does happen around me. It's interesting. There is something about me that, um, that allows people to kind of open up or encourages people to open up and talk about all sorts of, all sorts of things. This would actually happen to me all the time. I can't remember if I've told you this or not, Caitlin, but um, I would, I, I used to, I mean, for, for long periods of time, probably over the last decade, um, I would be, you know, I would sit at a bar. I was traveling abroad for a long time and I would go random places and I would just sit down, you know, at a bar and have a drink. And, and 
like more often than not, someone would, you know, either be sitting there or not, and they would start talking to me and, you know, chit chat. And within about 10 minutes, they were telling me these deep, dark secrets that they hadn't, I mean, they would usually even say, I can't believe I'm saying this. I've never said this to anyone. Um, and these are people in their, you know, forties and fifties and sixties. And it's like, wow, this never told anyone this. And they just, they just open up to me. I don't even know why. And usually it's about like sex or fetish stuff or things that are like <laughs> something about me says, you know, please share your, um, you know, your, your shady fetishes with me because, you know, they're, they're safe with me and, and they are, I love shady fetishes. Um, so it was, uh, it's, it's kind of an, an interesting thing. And that's really what led me to do to start the business that I've started um, and and uh, to work in that area because it was something that I was kind of already doing naturally. Um, have well, you ever had similar experiences to that, Caitlin? Um, well, I was just going to say, actually, that you, <clears throat> for someone like, like me, for example, who has such an issue with trusting people, um, uh, you, I never, usually, usually I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty right. I, that is one thing that I have over the years, um, felt my body and it tells me usually if I can trust someone or if I can't, um, and it's 85% of the time, it's usually correct. Hmm. Um, but you know, with you, I didn't feel any of that, really that distrust, but you really, and I think it's because you've been through so much of yourself through like so much through your own um, self and your own awareness. And um, you've been through so much um, in the past Mm. that it feels easy to talk to you because I know you'll understand, or I feel like you'll understand. Mm. Um, And you really, you, you give me like this strength to be vulnerable because I know you're not going to hurt me like that. And that's where my, my own fear comes in and my own, um, where those images, I guess, uh, come in to play there. Um, so I really, you, you really make me personally feel like I, you give me the strength to be vulnerable and that it's okay to do so. Mm. I love that. That's a very flattering thing to hear. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that because that is something, um, and, and even in the situations I'm talking about where I would just be sitting at a bar and talking to some stranger, it's like, I was touched that these people would open up to me, especially about something as, as, as vulnerable, as you say, as, um, as vulnerable as sexuality and alternative, alternative sexualities, which is, you know, even more so. Um, so, you know, providing a safe space where people can really go into the, um, you know, the darker parts of themselves, the parts where maybe they would rather avoid, you know, parts where you just like to, you'd like to just stay being right and not really look at whether or not you actually are, you know, you'd like to just sort of Oh, well, I, I understand that whole, you know, it's, we, may, we make these wild assumptions, right, about life. And, and the problem is that they're inaccurate and they, they don't lead to a fulfilling life. You know, you might feel safer or more comfortable sort of staying in your bubble, um, but you will limit your own fulfillment. Unfortunately, that's just kind of how it works. And when, when you said the bubble, the bubble part, um, it hit me because it felt almost like the older I got in trying to find that safe space, the bubble just got closed, like more closed mm-hmm. and smaller and smaller. Um, because I found myself not trusting anyone, not opening up to anyone, um, really 
really finding myself in a very small circle of people and not being able to um, even allow myself to feel vulnerable with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it does. Sometimes it felt easier, but but not when I looked at it. Like, what am I? What 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 am I saving myself from? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. What are you protecting your protecting yourself from? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's exactly right. Um, okay. So it looks like we. Might be having some sound difficulties. Can someone just confirm that you guys can hear me? Oh, great. Oh, no. <laughs> That's okay. Okay. Well, uh, someone just posted that they couldn't hear. Okay. Um, so we'll just uh, look into that and we'll keep going. So. Okay. Um, oh. oh, they can't hear me. Uh, right. No, the, yeah, they couldn't hear you. Exactly. Um, so, okay. So we're not getting audio for the phone. Um, on the network feed. Okay. We're sort of, so we're sort of coming fine. It's just not coming through to our Facebook live, unfortunately, which okay. is a shame. Okay. Well, we'll have to figure that out for, uh, we'll have to figure that one out for next time. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, sound, uh, sound is, not my, is not my strong suit, guys. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'll do is I'll go ahead and uh, I'll, we'll straighten out the audio. Um, uh, Caitlin is very, very helpful for me with, um, <laughs> with uh, helping me um, with fail-safes and backup plans. And so we have a recording that's, uh, that's back up. And so we'll, we'll be able to put those together and, uh, and have that up online for you guys. Um, so, <clears throat> so... We were just talking about um, uh, self-acceptance and, and how people can feel a little bit safer opening up to and, and being sort of vulnerable um, without um, when you've when you've experienced more of life yourself. So because I have gone through a lot of my own work, I've gone through a lot of personal development, um, and I've faced a lot of my fears and my um, you know my bitchiness and my irritation. Um, uh, and and the more I work through of that, the more be, because I sort of find, oh, I'm okay, I'm bitchy. All right, so I can reject that. Like, why am I bitchy? I shouldn't be bitchy. There's a should, right? We're always aware of those. Um, and then, um, excuse me, there might be an audio source. I was just going to see if I could change here, but I don't really know if I can do that. Um, and, and so the more that I, so, you know, I can, I can reject my own bitchiness or I can accept it. And I can be like, you know what? I'm not sure what this is. It's a little uncomfortable to sit in the unknown and let this kind of inconvenience me, but I'm going to trust, you know, I'm going to trust my, um, my, my body and, um, you know, how I feel and what's going on and things like that. And so and in, in doing so, I then accept another part of myself. I accept a little piece of myself and the more pieces of yourself you accept, the happier and more fulfilled you are the more happier and fulfilled you are, the safer people and more open and receptive people feel towards you. And um, uh, that much more, they are also attracted to you. So this is why we work in the area of attraction, okay? Because attraction is a natural thing that comes forth when you kind of get out of your own way, right? When you, um, 
you really are more honest with yourself. You kind of have this brutal honesty that you face yourself with. Um, you're willing to go deeply into yourself and you're accepting of yourself on a deep level. That really, that matters. That's a big, um, that creates a big shift. Um, so, so images is, is really what we're going to talk about today. And what images are, are underlying beliefs that form in childhood. Okay. So what are images and how do they keep you single? All right. Most people, um, really wander around life as victims. Okay. That, that is, um, kind of generally the, the state that a lot of people are in. Um, yes. <laughs> can I, can I say I did that? Yeah. Did you, is that, that sound familiar? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> still to this day, sometimes I, I, I find myself in that place. <laughs> I still do it sometimes too. Um, but it really is, it really is a default, right? So, so people just yeah. sort of look at, around at life and you're like, oh, this is, this is life. This is not only as good as it gets, but this is kind of all there is, all that's to be expected. You know, here, here we are, right? And unfortunately, that leads to a very um, disempowered outlook. Um, you can sort of accept things as they are, which is fine. Um, but that's not quite acceptance. It's more just um, acquiescence um, or sort of like, well, all right. I guess we'll go with this then. Like, uh, I can't even think what the what the exact word is I'm looking at. But really, um, you know, really getting into that that space of just like, okay, I'm just, this is, this is, I guess it's going to how it, be how it is, right? Just like autopilot. It's totally on autopilot. Exactly. It's on, it's, it's an autopilot. It's, it's what we call a life, a life by default, as opposed to a life by design. Okay. Now, how do you make that shift? So, so when you wander around life as a victim, you're, you're truly unable to enact change in your life. Like, like if you decide that you can't change your life, you will actually not be able to change your life. That's kind of what makes all of this work so tricky, actually, if you kind of break it all down. Because there's a place in which um, you, 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 have to, you have to decide you're going to change it without, without seeing the, the outward um, evidence that it's going to work. Like there's trust in this. There is trust. And Caitlin and I know this well because we um, we talk to people about joining our program and um, and and that's what we're really trying to, you know, to get past. Because if I could just say, oh yeah, if you, you give me this money and I will give you this thing, it's a very sort of direct transaction. Um, and this, you know, we get, I mean, we get unbelievable results with our clients. Um, but when you're coming in and you don't know that it's possible to change, it can be difficult to believe that it is, right? I think you probably experienced that, right, Caitlin? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I would say that's, um, you know, number, number one issue for a lot of people is, is when it comes to actually wanting to, or showing that motivation or to make those changes somewhere inside, they might not truly believe that something that they've lived with for 50 years or, or however long can, is it possible to be, to change in such a, you know, such a short period of time. Exactly. And there's really, um, and, and it is a short period of time. Um, we get results in, you know, a matter of, of weeks from people who have been in therapy for years. Um, so, you know, it, it, it can happen very quickly. It's really just sort of the right, you know, asking the right questions and looking at it the right way. You're learning how to do it, which of course is, is exactly what I teach. Um, <clears throat> so, 
So these images, so, so if you're, if you're going through life as a victim, you're, un, you're unable to enact change in your life and you're really just kind of taking circumstances as they come, right? Especially single people. Oh my gosh, there's nothing I can do. Uh, it's the place where I live. It's women today. It's men today. Um, you know, uh, nobody wants to commit anymore. Nobody wants to be monogamous anymore. I mean, whatever it is that you're complaining about, like it, that's an excuse. Okay. People are just as terrible now as they have been throughout every, you know, epoch in history. Um, and they're wonderful people and they're terrible people. And so date the wonderful ones. Um, but there's no, like, <laughs> it's it, it certainly, dating has certainly changed in, in, you know, in the last few years, right? The internet has changed absolutely everything. Um, but it, it, it does, it's not blocking you in any way more than it ever was. You know, that's, that's not, that's not accurate. Um, it looks like, um, you know, it, it looks like the problem is outside of you and that's the, that's the trap because it's, it's really genuinely not. So, okay. So why, um, right. So, so, so why are people walking around in life as, as victims? Because it looks like your problems have root in the real world, but that's just, that's just not accurate. Okay. So what are images? Images are really deep beliefs and assumptions about the world that form in childhood. Okay. So children generalize their experience. So, um, so children will have, a child will have one experience and in their mind, they, they generalize that to all of life. Okay. They generalize their experience. So, which is, which is, uh, you know, maybe a useful, I'm, I'm sure it has some, some, uh, um, evolutionary purpose for that, that children do that and for kept them safe in some way. Um, but as far as, you know, reality versus not, these are always incorrect. Okay. Because your experience can't be generalized because experiences vary. So if you have an experience when you're a kid, um, you know, your, your dad left, um, and then you grow up, you know, assuming that men will leave you. Right. Um, so men will leave. Okay. Men will leave is a generalized version of my father left me when I was young. So you have one experience. Okay. Dad was here and tomorrow. Dad's not here. That's the experience. Okay. And then you draw these conclusions. And the problem is that these don't happen consciously. You don't know that you're doing this, but every single person on the planet is, this is a thing. Okay. So, so when you grow up, you know, these are sort of relegated to the back of your mind, to the, to the unconscious, uh, but they still operate. You still carry them, okay? So now you're an adult who um, is going through the world with a belief like uh, men will leave me or men leave me or men leave. They can have subtle differences. Each person will have something slightly different. So, um, and it could be from the same experience. So, uh, Caitlin, your dad may have left when you were 10 and my dad may have left when I was 10 and it may have been a very similar sort of experience and you may have a belief that um, men can't be trusted and I may have a belief, I may take a belief from that that I'm not worth staying for, Ooh. right? Or I'm not enough. <clears throat> I'm not good enough. Um, or there's something wrong with me or I'm unwanted. But you see there are these, there are these sort of big overarching statements, right? It's not like, you know, and, and they're never true. It's, it's not that I'm not wanted. Do you want me? Maybe not. But that's different than nobody wants me. Okay? Ooh. But what we'll do 
is will 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 generalize that out and then will attract experiences that prove us right. Um, so Kaylin, your dad left when I when you were 10. My dad left when I was 10. You grew up um, with beliefs about um, men. I grew up with a belief about myself. And maybe we have overlapping ones or maybe not. And, and in then in that way, we're, we will then have two different romantic experiences. So with our, if we're both single and, and dating um, at, let's say, 30 years old, we may have very different experiences. You may, have a, you may have had a string of abusive relationships because you had an underlying belief that men can't be trusted. So because that's in your subconscious, you're constantly, um, it's constantly running in the background. So you're looking for people. You're subconsciously looking for people to prove you right. Okay. So you will, you, if you're, if that's the belief that you carry, you will attract men who are not trustworthy. Okay. Um, if you decide men will leave you, men will leave you. Like you are, you know, humans are very, very, very powerful beings. What you say is really what is to a remarkable degree, not just to a like self-help. Oh, isn't that, you know, sweet. You are an empowered being type of way. I mean, like in a literal way, it's crazy the extent that you can really, um, you can really uh, narrow the stuff down. Like you can really see, start, you know, start looking at some cause and effect of, of beliefs in the world. It's, it's a different system than the sort of physical world of like, okay, I put, I pick up this cup and I put it, I move it over here and I put it down again. And now it's, you know, sort of like the, the basic cause and effect. Um, but, but there's a huge amount of influence that your beliefs has on your life. And, and the fact that people don't know this is, a, uh, I think, one of the great, um, I don't know, one of the great sort of lies or misconceptions um, sort of underlying our, our, our world. So anyway, um, so... Uh, so, okay, so, so this, okay, so, when, so you're, you know, um, Caitlin's uh, attracting abusive relationships because men, she knows that she knows, quote unquote, that men can't be trusted. Um, and she may not even know that she knows that she may not even, that may not be conscious, but it's, it's there. Now, my dad also left when I was 10. This is all a, a, de- a demo, by the way. <laughs> None of this actually happened. Um, so, okay, so now my dad left when I was 10. Same experience in a way that Caitlin had. But I'm taking a totally different perspective. Um, I've decided that I'm not, um, I'm not worth it. Um, I'm not worth staying for, whatever. And I attract really great men, really good men, um, who treat me really well, and, but they all leave. Right? Or they just don't value me. Or I may find myself in a similar, um, also in somewhat abusive relationships for people who don't value me because I don't value myself. So you can see that it's it's like a, it's kind of like a, uh, almost like a like a fractal shape in the sense that it it, it can branch out in lots of different directions um, from the same stimulus, right? So we both had our dad leaves when we were ten, and then we went two totally different directions with it, and, and there are infinite number of of ways we could we could go, but there's but there's always a pattern of how to sort of follow it back and see, you know, what the problem is and why, you know, because at the time, you know, we're 30 years old and we're like, God, why don't, me, why don't men treat me well? What's the problem? I'm so nice. 
<laughs> right? Mm. So it's really, there's a lot, um, there's a, uh, so, so, this is how, so this is how we work. So now the, you know, we, we work specifically with men. So men come to us um, and they're third, anywhere from 20 to, I think I've spoken with someone who is about 77. And um, so they're, they're aged all over the map. They, they want an actual life partner. Like they're ready to settle down. They're, that's what they're interested in. And they don't know why they're single. They just don't know why they're single. And so they come to us. They don't know what the problem is. And we look behind um, what's going on. Oh, women are always cheating on you. Oh, that's interesting. So then Caitlin and I hear that and we both go, okay, so it's, it's likely one of these number of things. You know, we don't draw conclusions. We don't, you know, but, but we're looking at them like, well, I'm hearing this. And then we work our way closer, closer. And then, you know, when they're in a program and they're working with me, we go straight to the core of the issue. I mean, we go right to the bottom of it because that's really where the change happens, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, getting to the core of the issue is what's going to solve your problem, not put a bandaid over it, not give you tips and tricks of, you know, how to things to say or places yes. to, go to meet women. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're wanting, um, they're wanting a quick fix, but unfortunately the problem is not, that's not really gonna, gonna work. Yeah. But it can be popular, especially with coaches and, and, you know, the, the pickup artist type of stuff um, for, you know, for people who, um, who want help with dating. Um, but it's just, I, I've never seen it. You know, it's like a guy will come to us and I'll be like, well, I'm, I'm too scared to talk to women. I need to know what to say to talk to women. And we'll say, okay. And he'll be like, you know, just, I'm, I'll pay you some money and you tell me what to say. It's like, but that's not, the, that's not your problem. Saying words isn't your problem. You could look up best pickup lines on the internet and so uh, for, for free and not hire me for my services. So, so that's not, that's not the problem. You can form words because they're on the phone with me talking. They're it's like, I can't talk to women. Well, I'm a woman. You're talking to me. So that's not the problem. What else is the problem? Oh, I can't talk to women I'm attracted to. Ah, okay. All right. So now something is happening with the attraction. Okay. It's not women because he's talking to me. So there's something with attractive women, women you're attracted to. Okay, great. What is it about attraction? See how we sort of, we sort of narrow it down. It's like a sort of people sort of make these sort of broad statements like, oh, you know, dating today. Da, 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 da. And again, that victimizes you. You're now powerless because dating today, quote unquote, whatever the hell that means, um, is, is totally off the, you know, off the menu. You can't, you can't even access it. Right. So, so I mean, it's, it's just a meaningless thing. It just makes you feel better. It's like collusion or gossip, you know? A lot of times, um, you know, when, when people start working with me, they'll sort of they'll come to me with a very painful problem and they're expecting, you know, um, they're expecting collusion, to be honest. Um, that's why your therapist, your therapist won't collude with you. So if you're just like, can you believe that Susie did this? She is such a bitch. Seriously. You know, and what, and what they're really wanting with that tone is like, ah, right? 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 You know, they're like trying to get you to, and most people just will. Ugh, yeah, Susie, she is the worst. Oh my gosh. You know, people will just automatically collude. I actually, I actually gave that up consciously when I was about, I don't know, maybe my early 20s, or it may actually have been earlier than that. Um, 
and I, and I sort of, my awareness was brought to collusion because <clears throat> what happens is, you know, uh, let's say, let's go with the, um, the fear, the, uh, let's say the nervousness example. So if you're, if you're nervous to talk to women, um, and fear is, is the particular problem, then, um, um, I lost train of thought. Where was I going, Caitlin? If you're nervous to talk to women and fear is your problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't remember where I was going with that. Shoot. Sorry, listeners. Apologies. Um, it'll come back to me. Um, so, okay. So images. So let's come back to, um, to what they are. Okay. So these, these deep beliefs, these, these wide assumptions about the world, they form very young, even 10. I was thinking that as I gave that example, most of your images are formed by 10. Um, usually they're, you know, from anywhere from before birth to, um, I mean, it can be probably up to about 13, but mostly it's probably seven or eight or before. Um, that's in my experience. Um, so you generalize their experience. By definition, they're false. And then we grow up with them. They're operating in our subconscious. And inadvertently, they're affecting our lives, right? Um, so the guys come to us. They say, I, I, can't, attract, um, I try, can't attract a woman. I don't know what the problem is. And then um, you, uh, you know, and then we work our way back around, backwards and say, okay, like what beliefs are you carrying that are keeping you single? That's why this is the number one thing that keeps you single. That's why, you know. Um, if if it's if it's an if there's an image underneath there, there is nothing, there's no amount of beauty. Okay. A lot of people think they're single because they're unattractive. Um, or because they're not beautiful. People also link attractiveness and beauty, and those two things are not the same. And I've covered this in a lot more detail in other uh, episodes, but I will just say, beauty is a is a physical appearance. It's an aesthetic thing. It's like, oh, this is pleasant to look at, or this is not pleasant to look at. Um, a piece of art, you know, is 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 beautiful. A person might be beautiful, but a person may be beautiful and not attractive. Okay. Ooh. A person might be, um, have sort of like a, a cold beauty, for example, that's kind of like austere or aloof. And you might feel threatened by that because, I don't know, your mother didn't love you enough. And, you know, that reminds you of her and makes you nervous. Um, and so you won't be attracted to that woman. But you may still look at her and be like, wow, she's beautiful. But you're not, att- she's not attractive. Attraction is a magnetic thing. It pulls you towards. One thing attracts another. There's a magnet-like pull there. So the magnet-like pull is what attracts people, not your physical beauty. And also as you get happier, you, you get more beautiful. That's also something I've noticed over the years, which is quite interesting. Oh yeah. I mean, how many times have you heard, you know, confidence is sexy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And guys wanting women to just be like healthy, not thin or you know, super hardcore, just like healthy is what I've found from most men or they find most attractive. I've got to say when I'm, um, when I'm on these calls, maybe one in 30 describe their woman's actual physical, like their ideal woman's actual physical appearance. So I'll, it just, is, I'll just repeat that for the Facebook. So Caitlin just said that if the, on most of the calls that she does when she's talking to potential clients, um, about one in 30 actually mentions what they want their ideal woman to physically look like. 
Because a lot of them, what they want is they want happiness. They want emotional support. They want comfort. They want companionship. All these things that are just kind of deeper. Um, and they're being quite honest with us too. Um, right, Caitlin? I mean, they're, they're in a state oh, yeah. by that point. Yeah, they're very, they're very authentic um, in what they want because, you know, that's, that's why they're on the phone with us. Um, so let me give a little bit more background on exactly how these images form. And then I want to talk a lot about how to find them, how they operate, how to find them, and then how to get rid of them, right? That's the whole, that's the whole point. Um, and I think, I think I spend, uh, some of these, uh, my, the episodes of my show really getting into the problem and like talking a lot about that. And I want to start focusing more on the solutions because I want to give you guys tools you can actually use. And by the way, if you mm-hmm. ever have, if you're listening and you're a regular listener, thank you so much, by the way. Um, please, uh, please feel free, to, feel free to write in. Um, you can find me on Facebook. I'm at Domini Drew Coaching. That's D-O-M-I-N-E-Y, Drew, D-R-E-W, Coaching. And I'm at Domini Drew on Instagram and, uh, uh, and on Facebook. And so, um, you know, feel free to like to, to write in and introduce yourself and ask for certain things or ask questions about past episodes or anything like that. Like I'm, I'm really here. This is something I want to provide for people. I'm very passionate about providing it. Um, and, and it's really for, you know, it's for you guys. So please feel free to, to contribute. And um, also do, you know, help us keep, stay on track. You can always yes, help us out. Clearly, <laughs> this is this is not getting any better on my part. So, <laughs> and I, I do want to say, you know, with with me um, talking to you, Domini, I I get I will I feel like we're sitting down chatting. So I do apologize if that's uh, that's what it sounds like to everybody else. But I, I really enjoy my time here, and I really appreciate you uh, having me on. Yeah, Even no, it's just... it's great, and you you do keep me more <laughs> keep me more focused, which I'm sure everyone appreciates because, oof, my <laughs> it doesn't bother me throughout my day. It's really only when I'm when I'm on air. I'll, I'll have to look at that. Maybe I'm not being present. Um, so, so how do images form? So we talked a little bit about this. But let me just give you a kind of a a more specific example. So <clears throat> let's say that there is a, uh, the situation is that there's a, um, uh, and I've given this example before of the mother and the father in a, uh, with a baby in the crib. Okay. And the baby's in the crib, mother and father going, doing their thing and everything's great and baby's happy and cooing and whatever. So then the phone rings, right? And dad goes out to get the phone and mom's there still cooing. Baby's happy. Everything's great. So, then dad comes back in and says, honey, your sister's been in a car accident. And mom goes, <gasps> and leaves, okay, to deal with the situation. Now, from baby's perspective, okay, he doesn't necessarily know that she's coming back. Right? We don't, he, he doesn't necessarily, he doesn't know what's wrong. Everything was fine. This is how babies take in information, right? They, they you know, facial expressions and they feel the love and skin contact and all these things that we know about how babies work. So with, when she leaves, when that gets, gets broken in such a strong way um, and you leave, you know, your, your, your baby could draw, could, that could potentially be a wounding experience. Now, 
Before I carry on, let me just say, if you are a parent and you're worried about how you should act with your child, please don't, okay? Raise your child with, you know, to be as as conscious and self-aware and educated as you can. And then beyond that, don't worry about it, okay? Because A, you you have no idea when you're going to wound your child and when you're not, okay? And B, you're going to wound your child. Like, that is, it's literally like why we're... It's, it's, it's how humans work, okay? So it's not something to be mad about. I mean, you know, I go through anger, like I'm on my woundings from my parents and I would go through all the rah, rah, and like now I'm like over it. And I'm like, you know what? You, 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 honestly, you did a great job. Like that's, this could have been a lot worse, but I still yeah. had wounding. Like I had a great childhood. This, isn't, this has nothing to do with whether or not you actually experienced what as adults we would, we would define as trauma, okay? Because it's not trauma to an adult, it's trauma to a baby or a small child. So, so from their perspective, that's where the, that's where the, the issue happens. Um, and basically with what they do is they will, uh, and then it'll depend also a little bit on the child as far as when it happens. Okay. So it's possible that, um, you could have a, a family and then, you know, God forbid the parents need to break up or something terrible happens and one of the parents is gone. That may not even be that child's wounding experience. Like they may have already been wounded. Not to say it may not affect them. Like what you do affects your child, obviously. But, um, but on, on this type of level, there's, there's just no avoiding this type of work because it's really, it's, it's kind of what we, it's like, it's like, it's almost like set up in a way to let yourself experience this trauma and then gives you the opportunity to um, to overcome it throughout your life. And really on a spiritual level, that's that's actually what's happening. Um, I don't tend to, to dive that far into that in in my work, but I do, you know, or in my in my sort of public side of what I of my work, but I definitely do in the actual work when I'm with clients. Um, because that's, that's the reality. That's, that's what I've, uh, experienced and seen repeatedly over the last, you know, 15 years or so, 20 years. Um, and, and I've, I've found that to be true. And so there's really, um, you know, so, so, so if you're a parent, you know, don't, don't panic about that. Okay. Um, it could be as something as simple as a, you know, your, your mother and you're feeding your child, you're breastfeeding and, you know, it's been going for, uh, you know, a, f- a few minutes and you have an appointment and you have to go. And so you go, okay, sweetheart, you know, it needs to be no time. You take him away and you, you know, whatever. That could be a wounding experience. Okay. There's a, there's a whole um, personality um, character called the oral personality <clears throat> uh, and, or characterology. And, and what that personality type is, is the type that experienced the wounding that I just described where they got not enough. They didn't get fed enough as a child. Not necessarily like they were actually starved. They just perceived. Again, if you just have an appointment and you need to go and that baby's not done, that could be like a, what if I never get enough? Boom. Assumption has been formed and you're, you're, you know, and, and then for the rest of the, for the rest of your life, you're trying to be, trying to, trying to get enough. You're really trying to I, I have to get more, I have to get more, I have to get more. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard, Kaylin, people ta- uh, describe folks as um, having vacuum cleaner eyes. 
or, or vampire eyes. Um, or they just feel like they're being pulled at all the time. That's the, that's the oral characterology. That's that person's defense. Um, and then someone who, let's say, has, um, uses more of anger as a defense as opposed to like, um, you know, drawing in or trying to, let me just finish that last thought about the, about the oral. The reason why they're always pulling is because they're trying to get enough. Does that make sense? So yeah. they're, they're trying to, to get the fulfillment they didn't get as a child. So they're always trying to get more, trying to get more, trying to get more. So there's always this pulling. And literally on an energetic level, they're actually pulling. So that's why people say, I love, I love finding, I love hearing how people describe energy when they don't know they're feeling energy. So like vacuum cleaner eyes, like that's great. It's exactly where they're doing. They're pulling in with their eyes. That's, that's you know, that's how they're trying to survive. That's, that's their defense. And that defense is of trying, I need more, I have to get more, is based on an underlying belief of there will never be enough. Um, or I'm not enough. And so it can't be, it can't be fixed with the, um, it can't be fixed by pulling from other people because the belief is still there of I'm not enough. So no matter how much you are, you're not enough. Does that make sense? So it's unattainable. I- yeah, I um I like the idea of this is kind of reminded me of um filling your cup up mm-hmm. from within. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have to yes. fill your cup up before you can you can provide anything for other people. That's exactly um, right. That's exactly right. Yeah, you have to fill yourself up before you can fulfill another person. Um and that is uh, what we call the healing response, which is the um the, the healing response um, <laughs> to that characterology. So for the, for the oral characterology, that's always pulling, that never has enough, that's... Um, the healing response is to allow them to fill themselves so they can, they can experience being enough. Because until they do that, nothing, nothing changes. Domini, um, would you mind if I spoke about my actual, well, one of them, one of my actual woundings. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And of course I say one of them because I'm, I have not yet found all of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sure, um, I'm sure they've built on each other, but the one that I remember saying, I don't even remember exactly what I said, but I said something to you and you ran to where, where you keep all of your books, your little bookcase, and you pulled out a book and you flipped to a page and you showed it to me. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I said something um, that sparked her. And um, I think I said something to the, the effect of, I'm afraid of everything. Mm. And I have constant anxiety and fear over everything yeah. all the time. Yeah. And I have no idea why. And you pulled this book open. And you, I don't know if you even read anything. You just kind of showed it to me and pointed and you were like, yeah, how about that? Does that sound like you? Read these two pages. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yes, actually. And so my, from what, from what we found with, with that is one of my woundings, probably the most predominant one, um, happened at or around birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, at first I couldn't think of anything because I, I grew up, uh, 
great, great household. Parents are still together. Um, never actually fought or that I, I didn't perceive any fighting from them. Um, and when you, when you said, okay, what happened, you know, around your birth? And I was mm-hmm. like, nothing. And I was like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Actually, <laughs> um, I was breech um, with the umbilical cord wrapped around my neck like seven times. Mm. So I, came, I um, went from being a known C-section in a planned um, scheduled C-section to being an emergency C-section mm. um, because they didn't realize that the umbilical cord had wrapped around um, my neck so much. And I'm not exactly sure how that happened. Yeah, um, really. Because I'm not a dancer at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I spun this thing around myself. You were then. And yeah. <laughs> and I um I didn't come out too well. I came out, I was very, very sick. I was not getting nutrients. Mm. Um I was off color, I was like purple. Um my my parents were absolutely horrified. Mm. And of course, you know, I Growing up, I never thought twice about it. I was like, oh, yeah, well, I'm here now, so everything's fine. You know, I ended up being fine. But the environment that I was born into might have been the reason that I perceived such fear. Uh, There was a lot of fear going on in that environment. There was a lot of Mm. very tense energy. Um, You know, my mom said, all of a sudden, everyone got really quiet. Oof. and and she was like okay something's wrong with my baby and no one would tell her mm. and so I from what I understand now she she was very very much in a place of horrible anxiety and um and so that was my first wounding mm. um take a just to um be aware of of what kind of environment I was being brought into yeah. Um, and being born into, um, of course it took me until what, maybe a month ago to realize, to realize that that could have affected me. Um, and, and I'm sure other things affected it as well, but, um, wow, what a, what an experience to think about that on a totally different level and understand that that could have uh, played a very large role in, in the fears and anxiety that I live with today. Yeah. And I, I, I really, I really like that. Um, I really like that story primarily because you, you said that you looked back and didn't see any problem at all. And that is really common. Um, especially cause you don't really know what you're looking for mm. early on. Um, so I'll be like, Oh, you know, how was, how was your birth? Oh, it was fine. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> and what you really mean is I'm okay now. I, I got this. Yeah, like, I, I made it here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, I'm here, aren't I? So that's cool. Um but but then exactly we we look back um and then we see the sort of birth traumas. Um so the characterology and the personality type that's associated with the kind of wounding that Caitlin just described, which was around, you know, around birth and even if you're not sort of in the NICU, but you have maybe your cord around your neck or your um or you were you know, even if they just weren't sure they had to run some tests and you were taken from your, you know, anything, anything like that can, doesn't necessarily guarantee, but can lead to um, what's called the schizoid wounding. 
Okay, and the schizoid wounding um, is the, the earliest wounding. There, there are five in the model that I know, which is the Barbara Brennan School of Healing um, and Core Energetics um, models. And they're based on these five personality types, five characterologies. Um, and each one has, a, has a, some natural gifts, what we call core qualities. They have, um, they have uh, woundings, particular types of wounding, um, and then particular types of, you know, skills and um, longings and gifts and things like that. So the schizoid wounding um, is, the, is the first, is the earliest, okay? It's, it's at either at birth or before or sort of around, um, around birth. And it tends to be fear-based, okay? So schizoid wounding is like, it's so scary to be here. Fuck, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't, I can't leave fast enough. I mean, if you, if we look at it, remember we're working in the subconscious. So things aren't as literal as they are in the conscious mind. They're more like a dream state, right? <clears throat> more like free association. There's symbology that means shit here. Um, that's why we can draw um, uh, conclusions from dreams that are relevant to your life. Like, even though it's like a sort of state, it's like, yeah, but your, your psyche is in there. It's, it's enacting something it's coming out. Um, and so that, you know, that's, that's why that has, that has real life value. Um, and so, um, I did it again. Uh, I did it again, Caitlin. I'm sorry. So I, if it weren't live, I could edit it right out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, when you were talking about (laughs) dreams for a second, I did want to say something that, um, that you, Mm -hmm. you taught me is that just because it happened in your dream, does that mean that you did not experience it? Um, and that's kind of where those uh-huh. you can draw that, that line a little bit. Um, you still experienced it. If you felt fear or, or anxiety in a dream, mm-hmm. you're experiencing it regardless. And really, isn't that all we are is collection of experiences. Right. And so, so it's worth valuing. It's worth valuing everything that happens in your life. Like that is step one is to look and, and to draw conclusions from the world around you. Like, hmm, this is interesting. I've been, you know, that's the, that's the third relationship that has, has ended involuntarily, or it's interesting. I seem to be feeling fear all the time and, you know, things like that. Um, and with the symbolism and the fear, I mean, look at look at the birth. This is what I was what I was um, where I was trying to go with this is the, is the symbolism. Your your cord was wrapped around your neck seven times. I didn't even know it was that long. I mean, how do you even find that? Do you know what I mean? And so if you if you look at it like, okay, we know that the schizoid wounding is about fear and and not feeling safe in the world, right? Mm-hmm. So from that perspective, if we just if we like give ourselves some liberties and kind of look around. It's like, well, you were, I mean, you were trying not to come, right? There was, I mean, it seems to me, it's like, wow, if you got the cord wrapped around your neck, like you're pretty clearly like trying not to be here. Um, so I, so the fact there's resistance to, to coming and living in the world, you know, makes perfect sense. If that's the kind of birth that you have. Um, so you start, so you start sort of putting things in these contexts of, God, yeah. Instead of just like, oh, that just happened to be how I was born. It's like, well, look at that in the greater context of your life. If a lot of life is scaring you, or you're feeling anxiety all the time, or you're worried all the time, then it's like, well, okay, then it makes sense. Then it isn't that interesting, you know? Mm. Another piece of another piece of evidence. I 
I think a lot of people, well, I, I denied most of my childhood because I felt like, well, I couldn't remember it. So, hmm. you know, why would it affect me if I can't even remember it? And another great point, the schizoid wounding um, uh, on an energetic level, right? Like these all exist on all levels. So if, you, if you're if you someone who um, who uses the schizoid wounding, the schizoid um, tends to, to leave, they, they leave their body. So um, you'll have certain gifts as a schizoid person, different gifts as an oral person, right? And certain uh, certain woundings for one type, certain woundings for another, certain healing responses, one, you know, same for the other. So with the schizoid on an energetic level, um, because all of these affect you, they're, they're your personality, they're your physical body type, they're your, um, uh, your difficulties, your gifts, uh, your strengths, your weaknesses, your defenses. It's, it's really, this is like all of, you know, is who you are. So at the schizoid person on the energetic level, we, we talked about on the oral, um, energetically how they pull, right? They're trying to get enough, trying to get enough. Well, from the schizoid perspective, they split out. They leave their body, okay, um, usually up. Um, and they're trying, it's, it's like they're trying to, trying to get back to the spirit world, trying to, <laughs> trying to get away from this planet, which is just, you know, which, which just seems very sort of coarse and harsh from their perspective um, and, and, and unsafe because I'm unsafe or the world is unsafe is the underlying belief or some variation of that. So... So from that perspective, okay, so then what's the healing response? So then the healing response for somebody who, who's feeling schizzy or who isn't present, and you can tell these people, you can look at people in the eye and see whether they're kind of, quote unquote, there or not, right? Um, again, the words people use to describe energy, it's like, she's just, are you there? I'm not, I'm not sure. And it's not because you've looked away or you've, you know, you looked down or you've gotten up and left or anything like that. It's like, there's something that's, that's different and people can sense that. People are feeling and sensing energy all day long, all the time. It's not a mysterious, magical thing. It just takes some skill to learn how to see it um, or perceive it, um, which anyone can do. That's also not a, 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 a gift or a talent. It's just a, a skill. So if you're from the schizoid perspective and you're splitting and you're trying to get out of here, like, oh God, you know, it's like the fight or flight response and that's the flight, okay? Schizoid is the, is the flight on an energetic level. Um, then, then the healing response for that is slowing down, okay? Because that tends to, when things get, when your energy gets high, okay, you start panicking or you start focusing on the future or you get nervous or, oh God, there's an attractive woman. Anxiety. Overthinking, Ooh. anxiety, exactly. You see that attractive woman and all of a sudden, boom, you're out of your body. I mean, it's instantaneous. It is, energy does not, um, isn't in the, the, the physical world. Um, obviously there's some overlap, but so it's, it's not, um, things don't take the same amount of time. So it's not subject to the, to the rules of the physical universe. It's just a little bit different. Um, but still totally, you know, predictable and, and, and able to be learned. Um, so, so, okay. So something with the schizoid wounding. So we're, everything's very high and things get very fast and very scared and very flighty, right? Like a little bird. Okay. So, Okay. So when I'm with a client who's, who's experiencing that, I bring my own energy down, okay? And what I'll do is, is you know, the, the healing response to that is just coming into your body a little bit. Like, just can you come a little bit into your body? Maybe, you know, with, with Kaylin, we work a lot with feeling your feet, okay? So just, oh my gosh, yeah. And even just bring your awareness to your feet, your energy goes there. 
So there's a couple of different techniques with this. Um, if this is resonating with you and you're like, oh my God, I do that all the time where I'm out, your your memory may not be great because you're not, you're literally not there experiencing those things. Uh, Caitlin, you just said you, you didn't remember a lot of your childhood. Um, it could be that you, you literally weren't there in some way for it. So it doesn't register quite the same way. Um, I'm sure you could get the memory back, but it sort of, it doesn't seem to make the transition from short-term to long-term memory or something, although I haven't studied that specifically. That would be an interesting research paper to write. Um, so, so if this feels like you, okay, great. So become aware with your feet, right? Like, uh, Caitlin, if you don't mind me using you as an example, has just been creating this incredible relationship with her body, which just wasn't there before. She just didn't have it. It wasn't, um, you know, you, you, you talked about just never having, I mean, I think I said, you know, what are your feet doing? And she was like, looked at me like I could <laughs> grow another head. <laughs> yeah. I'd never, I've never felt, okay. You know, besides times that I've stepped on a cactus or, mm-hmm. pain, um, pain you know, great pain you in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, Yep. But, oh yeah, I've never felt my feet. I I clearly remember <laughs> when I shaved my legs for the first time and walking into water, I remember thinking, oh, I can't feel something. Something's a little bit different. <laughs> and that was probably one of the only times I was in my legs and actually thinking about feeling what they feel like. Yeah. But how old was I? 14, <laughs> you know, like 13 years old. It may have been most of life. But yes. a lot of us, you know, we don't, we don't really learn how to do that. It's like, you don't know whether you're in your, what does that even mean? In your body, out your body. Of course you're, of course I'm in my body. Here I am. It's like, yes, yeah, but well, wake up to the subtleties. Like wake up to these, you know, look deeper, look deeper. It's, it's, it's there. Everything's there. Just need to focus more on it. Um, so with a schizoid, so coming back down into your body, okay. Slowing things down. Another way that you can lower your energy is if you just picture um, an egg, around you. Okay. Um, about maybe three feet on all sides, all the way around up and down, like into the floor. Okay. And that's your, that's your energy field. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of different things within that, um, which we can, you know, we can discuss another time, but really just picture that egg, um, imagine it in your brain. And I just want you to bring it down. So just imagine it moving downwards in sinking down into the floor. And as you do that, just notice the different sensation. You know, it it will feel a little bit different when you bring it down. You'll notice things sort of slowing down in your system because the fear is starting to fade. And as you're doing this, as you're sitting in your body, you're experiencing that it is in fact safe. Because usually when you have these moments of, of flitting out or, or panicking or, or feeling anxious, it's because um, you, you, th- you think that there is danger, right? But almost never is there actual danger. If someone's coming at you with a knife, that is a different thing. This is not, this does not apply to that. You will automatically react. Your body will not let you, you know, <laughs> not react. So you don't have to worry about that. This is different. This is you reacting to perceived fear that is, you know, this is fear that's reacting to perceived um, event or, or something that might happen that, that you think is, is, is unsafe and it's, it's not accurate. Okay. It's like, oh, if somebody doesn't like me, oh my God, I'm up and out. You know, that's, that's when I would, would skits out when I was a kid. 
Um, oh, I, I have to make sure she likes me because that was like intolerable. It was intolerable for me to sit there and have this, this person I was standing with disagree with me. That's how much I needed people to love me when I was young. <laughs> so, so in doing that, um, you know, in, in, in doing this where you're really grounding yourself and really tolerating just being in your body. And, and actually there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of pleasure there as well that gets missed um, because it's not, it's not uh, felt. So this has gone in uh, to such incredible, beautiful discussion and a lot more detail than I'd planned on. So we've run way over time. Um, so what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to continue this conversation in our next episode. And um, we may even decide to do that soon. Um, at this point, I will not be here next week. So we'll go ahead and um, we will uh, air an episode that's already gone. And I really appreciate everyone joining me today. And we will go ahead and finish this conversation in an equal, equivalent, uh, exquisite detail uh, on our next episode. Caitlin, thank you so much for joining me and for sharing your stories. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me again. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Art of Attraction. This is Dominique Drew signing off and reminding you that if you love this podcast, please hit that subscribe button, rate us five stars, and most importantly, share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. See you next time.